Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And you would be forgiven uh, for thinking that I would be focusing on just one thing this week, uh, which is the uh, ongoing saga and the dysfunctional state of uh, of everything in and around 10 Downing Street. But I'm going to try and do a couple of other things, if if only for the point of balance and if only for the point of my own uh, my own sanity. But it is a big story. It is important. It is a particular interest of mine. So I am going to get to it. And boy, am I going to do it in some detail. So if you're listening, Kerry, uh, all of those missed rants from last week or the misreferences from last week to Boris are going to be put right in the next 20 odd minutes. But not until we've had a little bit of that twangy guitar. <laughs> If I said Rouse to you, or even Rose, I'm not quite sure which it is, but if I said Rouse, which I think it is, spelled R-O-W-S-E, um, you probably would probably chime somewhere that you had some kind of idea of what I was talking about. You've seen the word written down somewhere. Now, it struck me a little while ago because I heard an advert. I think it might have been... I, I, I have a, a guilty penchant for uh, Absolute 80s. And I think because obviously Absolute 80s is one of those radio stations that is commercial, so therefore we are adverts, I think I heard a Rouse advert. And um, they are, and I'll put you out of misery if you haven't worked it out, they are the honey people. So it's one of the honey brands, and uh, and I heard the advert, and I was intrigued because they do a, they do a lot of work um, with, as you'd expect, with bees. So they give money towards beekeepers and into maintaining good stocks of bees and good bee health, which is really nice, obviously. But then again, I suppose it's because their product is is bee-based. Um, bee-based, quite like that. Um, so where this links is because I'd bought some Choco Bee. And... Where's Chocobee come from? Right. Okay, so I quite like Nutella. Quite like Nutella. I quite like a slice of of, of hot toast with Nutella on. But the bit I don't like about Nutella is probably the hazelnut bit, obviously, because I've got no problems with chocolate. So uh, I saw this Chocobee, and this Chocobee is similar to Nutella and can be employed in the same way, obviously, on on warm butter toast. Um, But is is two ingredients. So it is cocoa and it's honey. And it kind of sounds like it shouldn't work, but I've got to tell you, it really, really does. It's really nice. I've always had a soft spot for, for honey. I'm a big honey fan. Um, and hence I was kind of... It, would, it was a middle aisle Aldi thing. It wasn't that I'd seen it anywhere. And I don't even know where you'd go to find it. You'd probably need to being a big Sainsbury's or a big Waitrose or something, but it was a middle aisle Aldi thing. And it just cropped up and I just saw it and thought, well, okay, let's try that because I occasionally say occasionally we'll have some Nutella, but I'm not 100% on it um, and we'll give this a go. And it's 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 well worth trying and they've still got it and it's down to 99 pence a jar and they've got plenty of it. So it's not catching the public ima- imagination, but let me tell you, if you're near an Aldi and you pop in, it's well worth... It's, well, it's well worth the fact you're going to get change out of a pound. But here's the thing. I then went onto their website um, 
And obviously, there's all the stuff about what they do with regard to bees and what have you. And I'll put a link in, uh, on the notes, and it's and it's worth reading. And I quite like that. I like the whole holistic nature of that. But they do a honey. They do two honeys that then grabbed my attention. And I don't know if I'm going to like them, but I was intrigued. They do a chili fusion honey. Um, so they do a honey with a chili edge, and they also do a honey with a um, chipotle. Edge so with a smoky chipotle garlic and something else I think black pepper edge as well. Now again, not sure, but after the success of the choco bee, I'm half tempted um, to give them a go. So if you think either of those, if you think either of those sound like something you'd prefer over the choco bee, and you fancied trying it to let the TFM crowd know whether it's worth it or not, then have a quick look on the website. I'm now going to be on the lookout for them. I'd probably go with the Chipotle one over the chili one, but I'm not 100% sure. So I don't know. Have a look on the website. See what you think. Tuesday. I discovered a great game tonight. Um, I was out having a walk and I was listening to podcasts, as I often do when I'm having a walk, and um, I got a phone call. And I got a phone call from an unknown number, and it was the second time this unknown number's phone today. Now, I can't be 100% sure it was the same call earlier on, but one was early afternoon, one was after 6 o'clock. So it was a reasonable chance that you were on that that call list of somebody and they were trying to get you because they'd not got you through the day. Um, and it was a call that I get fairly regularly now from, from two or three different companies. We've become We've become targeted because we've got solar panels. And um, and this call was to offer a free health check for the solar panels, and it was it followed the normal route you'd expect. So it started with the, the the kind of the nice open open question to get you engaged of how was your day or what have you or how are things going through and, and a, a, a disarming question that you kind of had to answer to get the conversation going. So they did that bit. And then they asked if, uh, said they were ringing in regard to the panels on the property, uh, which are obviously is, is the normal route when they start off, and asked if you're responsible for them, which of course you're going to say yes to. So that's all going well as far as the, as the call is concerned so far. Um, and then it's the killer bit. Then it's the, um, were you aware that you should, from your installer, get a uh, report every year about the health of your solar panels? Which kind of suggests that as part of having a solar panel installation, that somebody would come around once a year and would do this for you. Now, I don't, I've not checked this out as to whether this is true or not. I, it sounds far too good to be true. But the one thing you can safely say, if uh, and the one thing I, I, you know, you, you may or may not know about solar panels is they're not being installed anything like as regular as they were. It's not an area where businesses can make an enormous amount of money. There aren't many companies doing it, even though there were a lot sort of ten, 10 years ago. There aren't that many companies um, necessarily doing it, doing it now. And it's a relatively good bet that if you have panels of a certain age, that the, the people who installed your panels won't be in business anymore. And that's very very true of us um and 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 the big reason for that is that about three or four years into the whole solar panel thing um the 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 government ripped 
any kind of value out of people installing panels. The panels dropped hugely in price. The tariffs weren't very good. Uh, they messed about with how people were paid and, and the whole bottom fell out of the business model. And so therefore, a lot of these companies went to the wall. Anyway, I then, because I have these calls fairly often, and what I what my new route now with these calls is to use them as a as a, 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 a not a project, but as a bit of entertainment, because the whole the whole thing is is clearly designed to get somebody into your house who will then tell you a reason why you need some remedial work doing. Now, um, as far as our panels are concerned, our panels. Gener- are generating about the same amount of revenue as, or rather, the same amount of units um, of, of electricity. They're generating the same amount of units pretty much year on year. So they're performing exactly as they were when they were installed. Now, you could argue that maybe we're getting more sunlight, and so therefore, maybe there has been some drop off in terms of production of the panels, but that would be remarkably difficult to prove. And the fact of the matter is, year on year, they're pretty much doing what they've been doing all the way along. So I have no reason to believe that there's something that is is degrading and, and is degrading at any kind of any kind of rate. So I'm fairly comfortable that whatever somebody suggests to me might need doing to my panels if they came round and had a poke around with them, I wouldn't actually see any monetary benefit from doing that. Um, you know, all that would happen was I would be I would be hoodwinked, and uh, and I probably would, because it's all mixed up with panels anyway. With sunshine, I wouldn't be able to prove whether the thing that I had done uh, would would have worked or not. So, back to where we were, knowing that, and knowing that the knowing that absolutely the the guy on the phone's job was to get somebody at my house, and knowing that I don't want anybody at my house, and I certainly don't want to go through this process because it's going to end up costing me money for no particular benefit. I spent the next 15 minutes trying to get him to explain to me how this business model worked because he was trying to claim that this his company was doing this check for me as a goodwill gesture. And that actually they made no money out of coming out to us. They they didn't expect there to be anything wrong with the panels, and therefore they wouldn't actually have a service they could offer to us. And in and they were doing this purely, purely because somehow I needed to have an understanding of what was going on with my with my system. So we we talked for for fifteen minutes about how that model didn't make any sense to the point up until the point where he got really annoyed and slammed the phone down. And I felt great. I felt great at that point because at the end of the day, um I'd not asked for the phone call. It was completely intrusive. I actually was out for a walk, so I was quite happy to chat. Um and I was just trying to get somebody to be honest and say to me Look, we want to come around there and we want to try and flog you something. And you know what? If you start off the call by saying that to me, I might actually give it a little bit of consideration. Wednesday. You'll be aware that I have an interest in politics, which means that I tend to get fairly caught up with the minutiae of what's going on at any particular point in time. Um, Hence... A lot of the things that I get animated about are things that probably most people don't get as animated about. 
Um, and the one thing that journalists talk about when they talk about politics and they talk about stories is they well two things really. One is the is this phrase the Westminster bubble, but secondly is this phrase cut through. And the thing they're looking through is cut through. They're looking for things that happen in Westminster that really annoy, aggravate, wind up, you know, land with the general public. Because in reality, I get quite very, well, yeah, very um, aggrieved and involved with certain topics that just don't get anywhere with with the vast majority of of people um if you want some idea of how the current row about the parties on the 20th of may in downing street has cut through then all you needed to know is that this morning um the program rather than this morning this morning cut two pmqs and covered pm two qs as part of its its program now that's that's pretty much unheard of, but that kind of tells you the level of of interest in in where we are. Um, I don't want to I don't want to go on too much about where we've found ourselves in this whole situation. I mean, at the end of the day, morally they're banged to rights. Whether they are legally, it doesn't really matter. Morally, they are they are banged to rights. There was an event in Downing Street on the 20th. It was in the middle of uh, lockdown restrictions. It was clearly a premeditated event because emails went out and people were invited to bring drinks along and get together for a party, a party that the Prime Minister attended because he admitted as much today. Having had days of not saying whether he was or wasn't there, he, he said, I was there. Now, he's come up with a great narrative, and we'll talk about that a bit further down the line, but he basically said he was there. And that ultimately is, is, is the end of it in, in, in that respect, and that's why it's cut through, and that's why it's, it's annoyed people. Um, I finished off listening to, to PMQs, and uh, I wrote I, straight away I wrote to my MP. Uh, and it's and it's I don't write to my MP very often. In fact, I think I've only done it twice. Um, but I had to write because he's a Conservative MP, and I wanted him to know how I felt. Now, I've very plainly said that I didn't vote for you, but um, I have nothing against our MP in terms of his character. And in terms of his diligence and in terms of the work he does for the community, he is he is beyond reproach. So it was the right thing to do to to email him and say, look, this is this has serious consequences. Um, you know, I for one have lost all trust in our current prime minister and his ability to behave in a way befitting of that office. Uh, I have grave concerns about what's going to happen next because where are we now? You know, if if this is not an offence, not an offence, but if this is not a situation where you would do the right thing and tender your resignation, then what what is that looking like in the future? It's the same argument that came up with Donald Trump with the storming of the Capitol. If that is not an impeachable offence, then actually what is? And if this is not a, 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 a you know a, a resignation matter for you know for the prime minister, then what is and that's the bit i'm i'm really kind of struggling with and that was the reason why i wrote i, I wrote to to my mp 
I mean, I got a response relatively quickly and it followed the rest of the party line about the inquiry and this, that and the other and he'll wait and see and he's not going to, he's not going to, you know, he's, he'll take my 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 views and, and noted them for the record, but he's going to wait and see the outcome of the inquiry and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, that's ultimately, ultimately today, ultimately today, that's the bit that's sticking with me, which is we've had the admission we've had the apology if if you could class it as an apology but um but where does that leave of it leave us in terms of what happens next uh, i mean clearly they'll tr- he'll he's going to try and hang on there's absolutely no doubt in, in, in that and it goes and it's completely in character that he would he would do that because he honestly doesn't feel the rules apply but just where does that leave us five years time in 10 years time in 15 years time because as we degrade it's very difficult to ever ever get it's very difficult to ever get back thursday okay so how is he going to get away with it this time at a point where for most people it would look like um Boris is finished as Prime Minister. How is he going to get away with it this time? Well, do you know what? It's really simple because we've actually been here before. We, we, we've seen this playbook um, and we know we know what's going to happen. There's no way, there's no way that he would have been called the inquiry uh, that's currently being undertaken by Sue Gray. There's no way he would have called that inquiry without having a reasonable idea that, that inquiry is going to give him a route out. Um, there's going to be no police investigation because the Met won't go near it with a 25-foot cattle prod. Um, And so we're going to be left and we're going to put a civil servant in in a remarkably difficult situation, which ultimately is to pass judgment on her boss. And that's the bit that she's just not going to be in a position to do. So we're back in we're back in the whole inquiry with regard to the way that the the flat was funded. Um, we're going to end up with an inquiry that is damning, that censures the prime minister, um, but falls short of saying there was any criminal activity. And by falling short of saying there was any criminal activity and probably by falling short of saying that it definitely broke the rules, then essentially he's in the clear. Because at that point he can say that he never lied to Parliament and he can say that he never did anything illegal. He might, he will then say that it was a real mistake of judgment. And of course, we're getting used to these errors of judgment because we've already had plenty of these errors of judgment so far. But this will be another in the list of errors of judgment. And that's how that's how he's going to get out of the current hole, because that's the playbook. That's absolutely the playbook for getting off or getting away from something like this. We've had the the meaningless apology. Um that was contemptible, if I'm being honest, because it, there was nothing in it, nothing about it that was heartfelt, nothing about it that was genuine. In fact, he went on, it's quoted that he went on into the tea rooms and basically was saying to anybody that would listen to him, I don't, you know, I've, I've taken one for the team. I'm, I don't feel I'm in the wrong, but I've apologised and I've taken it on the chin for the team, which, anyway, completely, 
it, it beggars belief in terms of where the public opinion's at. But ultimately, that's how they get away with it. And they've they've spent, and he spent, and everybody who's spoken, if you listen to the way everybody's spoken about Sue, Sue Gray, everybody from the Tory side is talking about this inquiry and talking about her and the fact that she is unimpeachable in terms of her ethics, uh, of the of the highest standing, uh, of the highest moral authority. So they're building her up. So when she sits on the fence, because she ha- will have no choice but to sit on the fence, and we've not even talked about the remit of this inquiry and what she can and can't do, when she goes as far as she can, they will turn around and say, look, you this is the, akin to a judge saying this. You can't. You 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 have to take what she said, and that has to be the end of the matter. And that's how that's how this all all goes away. If you're Boris Johnson, now that the the public will see that totally differently, and we'll all make our own decisions. And that ship sailed. And I said in a podcast, um, I, th- I said in the, I think it was a New Year podcast that um that he's toast and he is toast he's done he's finished he's gone it's only question now a question of when but the point is he will lumber on he will not do the honorable thing he will lumber on because he doesn't think he's done anything wrong and so everything that follows now is based on that premise of exceptionalism friday when I've not been getting wound up about politics this week, I've retreated into a bit of sitting in front of the TV and just, you know, streaming stuff to take my mind off things and to, you know, take me away um, from everything, And which is bizarre when you actually find out what I've been, been watching. But... Um, but it's been nice. I don't know if it's something about this time of year. I do tend to box set binge a little bit more through this this winter period, and it's not because I'm not getting out and running and walking. I suppose I'm not sitting in the garden. That's the thing that I'm not doing. So I'm not reading as much because I like to read when I sit in the garden, and so therefore I'm 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 watching uh, more things. Um, I started watching Oliver Stone's documentary on JFK. Um, this week I've watched a couple of episodes of that. Um, if you're familiar with the film JFK, then this is the a lot of the evidence that was put forward in the film. This is the documentary with that and more. Um, and it's clearly very one-sided, and it clearly talks to a a you know a definite conspiracy uh, that the establishment in the US was definitely trying to silence uh, JFK. But it's compelling in terms of the sheer volume of stuff that comes at you that doesn't seem to make any any sense. So um, I'd recommend that if you've had if you've watched the film and were interested in the film and you want a bit more background, um, a bit like the excellent uh, documentary um, on Watergate helped um, with understanding all the presence men a little bit more. Then um, I would I would point you towards the Sky documentary, the JFK, the JFK one, which is uh, you know which which is which is certainly very in depth and very well researched and very and very methodically put together. Um, I watched the um, the TV show Cobra, which I don't know if I mentioned last week or not, but that was that that, that I finished off watching that. That was that was great. Um, I've just started watching the uh, Harlan Carbon, uh, Carbon, Coburn, Carbon, um, 
programme, Stay Close, uh, which I enjoyed the first one of those very much. Um, so that's a nice that's a nice bit of escapism. Um, and then the other thing is, I'm going through the the BBC comedy not going out, the Lee Mack comedy. I'm just going through that again. And that is joyous. It's absolutely joyous. It's so predictable, but it's done so, so well. And it's a great ensemble piece. And if you've got access to the iPlayer, go back and watch Not Going Out because it's it's well worth it. It it you watch the first one, you think, oh, this is a bit naff, and it wears you down, and you just can't help but be laughing out loud. And I wasn't going to do this as the last section for the week, but to be honest, I've depressed myself with the political stuff, and I couldn't bring myself to go on with the events of today. I couldn't bring myself to even begin to talk about the the ridiculous state of affairs of, of Downing Street having to apologise to the palace and all that kind of stuff. So I've left it alone. I've gone telly, um, and you know I think I'm going to be heading heading into that room again in a minute just to, to to maybe watch another episode of something just to switch off from everything that's going on around me. Um, clearly, I've massively failed. Having done one t- sub-20-minute episode last week, I'm now coming up to 25. Apologies for that. Congratulations if you've made it all the way through. Hopefully, we'll feel and I'll feel a little bit better about uh, the, 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 the state of our leaders um, by this time next week. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.